Here we go from the bench, episode two. I'll call it two and a half because I posted an episode a while ago that kind of sucked, so I deleted it. It was pretty trash, pretty garbage, a lot of editing mistakes. But we're back in the new year. New Year's resolution: get at least get at least one episode out a week. At least one episode out a week. Hold me to it. You know what I mean? If you're actually listening, congratulations. Appreciate you. But yeah, just uh. Get, uh, just trying to get episodes out as much as I can, you know, trying to actually make something happen from the bench. Uh, the new year's been good to us in the NBA community. Luka Doncic has been doing his thing, MVP status, kind of elevating. Donovan Mitchell with 71 points, more than we've seen from a Cavalier ever. And the Brooklyn Nets are finally putting their pieces together after some odd years. And obviously, um going to address the DeMar Hamlin situation, but more specifically Skip Bayless's response and uh, how much of a piece of shit Skip Bayless is. Yeah, so all that and more on From the Bench, and let's oh get God, into that intro. Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you want to listen. Good artist, personal friend of the show. Um, he's always doing good stuff. He's always doing good stuff out there. Getting into it, Luka Doncic has actually been cracked recently. Like, playing, playing to a level that I don't think any of us... I think a lot of us knew he had the potential to play at. But I didn't really know if any human had the potential to play at this level. In the last five games, six, he's got 50, 32, 60, 35, 51, 39. And in almost all those games, he was close to, if not getting a triple-double. And obviously, the one everyone was talking about, the 60, 21, and 10, I mean, that's ridiculous. 60 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. on, And his efficiency... Uh, he was, his three-point percentage kind of subpar, but he shot that game on 67% from the field. That's just, like, players like that, it just sucks to see that Luka has literally no help on the Mavs. I think they're, I think they're, I think their bench is underrated. People saying, like, uh, Luka's the only, like, the only thing, say, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a LeBron and Cleveland situation where they're either not doing anything to get him help or not actually having solid plays around them. They had Jalen Brunson last year, traded him away. But Christian Woods, always a solid guy. I like Dinwiddie. Um, they're, they're tall guys. I, I, I don't mind Kleber. I don't mind... Um, I don't mind... Uh, Bertans. Like, he, he has a solid cast around him. Um, they don't win a lot. They're... They're in the playoffs right now. I think they're they're fourth in the West. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, when you have, like, a player putting on historic performances like this, like we know Luka can, you have to capitalize on the now. Like, the Mavs are not, like, the team of the future. Like, people say that Luka's, like, the player of the future. Like, well, he's doing, he's doing stuff now, so you kind of got to win now because if this isn't his peak... I'm not saying like he's gonna decline after this performance, um, but he like as a player, but he obviously will because he's inhuman right now. I mean, the guy is putting up numbers. Like he he's doing what James Harden was doing in 2018, like all those since Wilt 
stat lines that we saw in 2018 when James Harden just went on that historic scoring tear in February. That's what he's doing right now. He's he's ridiculous. Uh, and his MVP status is again up in the air. This is a pretty intense MVP race. Jason Tatum has been uh, on the mend since we rang in 2023. The Celtics are on a two-game losing streak. And that sounds like not a lot, but it was two really bad losses. Giving up 150 points to the Thunder without Shea Gilgis-Alexander, which is a pretty difficult thing to swallow as a representative of the 508. Kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth and jump off the Zakem Bridge, but it is what it is. And then... You got Nikola Jokic, who's averaging, I mean, if you, if you round up, like you learned in fourth grade, he's averaging a triple-double uh, at center, which is something we've never seen before, and something that the NBA, I, I don't really know if people know how to react to how good Jokic is, because all his highlights that people see are the flashy passes, like I guess that's what he's quote like known for, but at the end of the day, he's kind of insane at everything you need to be good at on a basketball court from a guard's perspective, but he's doing it at the five. And there's upsides and downsides to that. He's improved it as a, as a defender uh, insanely in his in this, this year specifically. He's like averaging more steals than blocks, which is kind of a moot point, I think. He's not like a liability in the paint. I wouldn't say he's the second coming of Hakeem Olajuwon, but he also doesn't need to be, you know, especially with the way the Nuggets are running their offense, uh, Jamal Murray being back and everything. I think the Nuggets have a real chance of being a dark horse, which like the Nuggets should change their name to the Denver Dark Horses because every year they're, they're like, oh, well, you never know. Like, you never know, but like you do know because they can't put it together. They don't have a. I don't think they have a good playoff built team. I don't think they have a team that can win in the playoffs. They don't have the defensive intensity, and they don't have the bench depth that everyone thinks they have. But at the end of the day, when you have a guy averaging a triple double on your team, and he and you're getting wins, you're at, they're at the top of the West. Anything can happen. They're not winning the championship though. No shot. No shot. They're winning the championship. Especially with Steph Curry coming back, doing damage in the West. Clay had like 50 or like 40 the other night. Like, what the hell? Without And, and a lot of silence to a lot of people, I think, that were saying they, the Warriors couldn't get it done. But yeah, Luka versus Jokic. I mean, this is really. It's, this is going to be a. I think Luka is the front runner right now because of this stretch. And when you have monstrous runs like this, it's really hard to, like, break a narrative. Um after it because people just get in their mind but like look what he did in january like it doesn't matter if he starts averaging like 17 6 and 2 people are gonna be like well january it's like well we're in april and they just got bounced by the warriors with an injured jordan Poole and clay thompson slight little prediction there i think the warriors are gonna make a run i think the Mavs are gonna sink and then i think the Mavs are gonna get bounced in the first round Yikes. More scoring from a great young guy. Donovan Mitchell scoring 71 points in an overtime win for the Cavaliers. Ridiculous stats. Um, the most points in Cavalier history. But the the issue 
that everyone's kind of pointing at, beating out the Phoenix Suns, who are like a title favorite, quote-unquote. The issue that everyone's pointing out is that uh, the the game-tying free throws that Donovan shot for to get to, I think he what they got it got him to sixty nine points. Nice. He had a lane violation. Yeah, a report coming out from the from the uh, from like the league official saying that Donovan Mitchell had a lane violation on on that play, which is you know not ideal when you're trying to defend the uh, <laughs> trying to defend the fact that you just had one of the most historic scoring performances of all time. But it is what it is. I mean, you can't take away 71. Even if he scored 69, that's still ridiculous. He's still one of the best players in the league. Right now, I think I think he's not one of the best players in the league. Wrong. One of the most underrated players in the league, though, for sure. And Cleveland's making noise. A lot of people are scared. A lot of people are hesitant at young teams in the first round of the playoffs. They think they're going to make it there, get like a 4-5-6 seed, easy for a second round out. I think this Cleveland team has a lot a lot to say, and I think they um, I think they can get it done. I think they can honestly make a run. They're my pick right now. They're my pick for uh, for the conference, conference finals to lose to the Celtics. I know that sounds pretty stupid, but I just got a feeling that Cleveland's going to get it done. Because I think, I think Boston is gonna do what they did last year and get the gauntlet thrown down for them. I think they're gonna have to face Milwaukee because I think they're gonna slip up. Uh, Brooklyn might stay consistent, and then Philly's all. I mean, the East is just wide open. You know, you have a Miami team that their best player, who I think is a top ten player, has been injured for most of the year, and they have still one of the best coaches in the league and one of the most electric uh, scoring options, uh, like scoring options throughout the court. And they're the eight seed. You know, Atlanta just breaking a losing streak. They're the nine. Right now Chicago is in the plan, and they have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, who are still both pretty good. So the East is up for grabs. I, and so is that. This is a great year for them. I mean, the Sacramento Kings are the five seed. There, I don't think there was one person that lives outside of Northern California that would have predicted the Kings would have made the playoffs this year because you know they got that big piece in Sabonis, but like all the good he did for Indiana, like they they never made any noise. And right now, Indiana is the seven seed. It's great. It's. It's a wild, it's a wild time to be an NBA fan right now. Like the Warriors, I know are probably a top three team in the West, and they're the ninth seed. You know, Utah started off hot. Everyone was freaking out on them. They're the ten. Lakers are still pretty terrible. Just got a win without Braun or AD, which is crazy. LeBron also with that lob that he hit. Oh my god, that that like win. <sighs> You know, windmill lob at 38 years old, like, I'm pretty sure at 38 years old I'm going to need one of those rascal scooters to, like, get around the grocery store and and get my, like, Expendables 2 DVD from the Walmart bargain bin. And LeBron is jumping out of the gym at that age. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. 
And speaking of everything being wide open, the Nets. Kyrie, post-controversy, has been making a candidate for himself as the one of the best point guards in the league. He's always going to be up there, but with Curry injured, I think he's the best point guard in the league. Uh, I don't think Luka's a point guard. Uh, I think that Kyrie can get it done for the Nets, and he has been. He just hit a crazy game winner. And there was a great moment that a lot of people are showing from the huddle of that game where Coach Jacques, KD, and Kyrie were all kind of on the same page with Kyrie taking the last shot. And I think that's a good thing because I think the issue with the Nets is they put all these great players together, but no one knew who was going to be the guy. And while I think, I don't think Kyrie can thrive in an environment where he's not a last shot guy. I think KD can. I think KD, for all the flack he gets for OKC, like whatever, went to the Warriors. I think he's one of the least selfish players in the game. In terms of on court, in terms of on court play and off the court, I mean, it is what it is. I still love that Westbrook, that Westbrook video. Now I do what I want. It's one of my favorites. But yeah, I, I mean, I just don't know if. If KD is necessarily needs to be like he like he doesn't he doesn't need to have the ball in his hands to score like he's a great catch and shoot option, but he can like he can be the primary ball handler but like his touches to to production is probably a huge like a huge drop off from like Kyrie who like needs a lot of touches needs to handle the ball a lot of stuff like that. Alright, again, something a little more serious, obviously, the DeMar Hamlin situation, NBA podcast, but this kind of rocked the whole sports world in the NFL. Um, for, like, the three of you viewing this that are listening to a Chaz McAdams NBA podcast but don't have the ESPN app, DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest and uh, needed to be carted off the field in a pretty terrifying spot Monday Night Football uh, he's a defensive player for the Buffalo Bills everyone was pretty scared no one because uh, I mean you know he stopped like he, he got CPR on the field then was carted off to a hospital was in critical condition for 36 hours you know like genuinely fighting for his life a lot of speculation a lot of things going around and of course, so obviously thoughts and prayers out to him. Apparently he is making progress. Um yeah, like like uh one hour ago from Yahoo Sports, uh as of today, January fifth, at around at around noon. Uh remarkable improvement from DeMar Hamblin. He's awake. Like uh, again this but this was a really scary situation. This was like a situation where you didn't know if he was going to make it or not. It, it was really scary. A lot of pull through from the sports, the entire sports community. And then, of course, one of the Earth's biggest pieces of garbage, Skip Bayless, decided to give his two cents on the situation. I've, I haven't talked about this, I guess. Um, I hate Skip Bayless, you know, right, as someone with two and a half podcast episodes out. I'm obviously a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, so I obviously have the right to have an opinion, right? Because I'm so important 
Shout out to the three of you listening. Skip Bayless with probably an all-time cancelable moment in 2020 in like in the in the way that he just started off 2023 with a bang uh he tweeted out about the the like the game i got like the sports world was kind of racking their brain about what happened and skip bayless tweeted quote no doubt the nfl is considering postponing the rest of this game but how uh, this late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to a regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. So, many people read that as, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Like how Skip is like, well, like, th- it seems irrelevant that this is so important now that someone got injured. How Skip said he meant it was, which suddenly seems so irrelevant as, like, you know. It was, this was such an important game, but it's now it, it seems like that's all bullshit and that it doesn't matter now. So, people went in on this guy. Oh, my God. Shannon Sharp, uh, this was a Monday Night Football. Uh, Undisputed comes out, or Undisputed comes out on Tuesday. And so, Shannon's not there. No explanation from anyone. Obviously, people are equating it to the tweet. He Skip tries to defend himself. After he got canceled, he released a apology tweet, meaning like obviously all thoughts and prayers out to his family. But everything's crazy. Like a lot of NFL players, Des Bryant. We need to cancel Skip Bayless now. Um, uh, like it's just a wild moment from Skip Bayless, and it, it's it's honestly not. I, I want to say I'm surprised that one of the faces of modern-day sports talk shows, sports journalism in America, would say something so disgusting and kind of so off, like, off-kilter of what people should be thinking about. Like, no one gives a fuck about the game at this point. They're, like, they the definition of the phrase, some things are bigger than sports. Like, this is some things are bigger than sports. Yeah, hot take. A human life bigger than sports. Who would have thought? So a lot of people are coming out. Matt Barnes came out and talked about it today, which I thought was really interesting. NBA vet, all the smoke host, was he was like, he said he's personally, in the last two years, had to... Stop two people from getting in a physical altercation with Skip. Like, literally. He was like, I've had to two times. And I think he referred, he said Ankh, I think he was referring to Shannon. He had to, like, start, he had to, like, two people outside of Undisputed, he had to personally put them in touch with Shannon Sharp in order to defuse the situation because they wanted to, like, beat Skip's ass. And now... So that's so Tuesday, Tuesday. What this Matt Barnes said this today, and he was also like, "Skip's an idiot for this," and he said the irrelevant part at the end of his tweet to like cover his ass because he's been in this business for long enough and he's been a controversial character for long enough, so he knows what's good. Then, then so that's Tuesday, Wednesday. Skip and and Shannon rejoins the show, and. He starts his opening monologue talking about the DeMar Hamlin situation. He's like, 
obviously Skip, blah, 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 like everything happened. Uh, prayers out to Jamar Hamlin. Skip tweeted something out, which, you know, I, I hope he deletes. Skip just interrupts him. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to delete. I, I'm not going to delete that. And Shannon's just like, and you can't let me talk like in my opening, mo like in my opening, mo like I can't even get through one monologue without you interrupting me. Like Skip just came. Skip should be surprised. He was allowed back on the show. Like he is by the skin of his teeth is allowed to be in the public. And at the first chance to, to give, let someone who he obviously offended because he was in the wrong because duh. Some guy went into cardiac arrest, duh. The first opportunity to his co-host, probably one of the people he's closest with in the industry, at his first opportunity to be face-to-face -face with that guy, and that guy has something to say, and Skip just interrupts him. Like, he, bro, Skip knows what he's doing. He just wants the clicks, man. It's disgusting. He disgusts me. You know, this coming off the heels of, like, Max Kellerman leaving first take, like, all the duos that we knew, like, again, like, duos, like, they, they, they were known for going at each other, but still, it's pretty crazy, and, like, Skip knows this, man, Skip's history with the Cowboys, like, some stuff I want to bring to the light, like, do your own research about it, but in the 80s, when Troy Aikman was the QB for the Cowboys, Skip wrote two books or, or one book about, yeah, Skip wrote a book about the Cowboys, made several references to the fact that Troy Aikman was gay. Perpetuating rumors, bad journalist ethics. Again, I talked about Deuce Tatum's penis, so I have great journalist ethics, duh. Um, but Skip kind of just took it too far and, and, and was making inferences and putting stuff out that fact that wasn't as fact. Fast forward to like a couple years ago, Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak Prescott, after taking a break from the league because his brother uh, committed suicide. Skip starts to question the validity of, of like, depression and, and, and all that. And just kind of, like, like, Dak, Dak, Pre like, like, ugh, it's just, like, does it, I mean, go out and, like, research it yourself, form your own opinion. Um, but I just think Skip is one of the most irresponsible, uh, people like, like he knows he has a platform and he still, he, like he knows and he knows what he's doing. Um, he like knows about all the, all the things like how to get, how to get, uh, under his skin and stuff like that. And it's just it's just wild like this is what Bale said quote from him I'm going to ask our audience to go ahead and condemn me if you choose as cold-blooded and insensitive on this issue I have deep compassion for clinical depression but when it comes to the quarterback of an NFL team you know this better than I do it's the ultimate leadership position in sports you are commanding an entire franchise but you're commanding a lot of young men and some older men and they're all looking to you to be their CEO in charge of their football team. Because of that, I don't have sympathy for him going to the public with, I've got, I've got depressed, I've suffered depression early in COVID to the point where I couldn't even go work out 
look, he's the quarterback of America's team. Like, Skip Bayless, even though he's, like, uh, he's like in the world of athletics, I think he's, like, a shut-up-and-dribble guy. Like, when he goes out in the field, he doesn't see, like, dude, oh, my God. He, does, he doesn't see, like, like, Dak Prescott human being. He sees, like, 2020 quarterback for the NFL franchise the like he see he goes out there and like just sees all their stats like he doesn't care about any of any of like like again like Dak was basically like I'm a human being Skip was like nah you're whack toxic uh you're a bum you shouldn't be you shouldn't be weak by having depression like weakness having depression is like some 1930s bullshit like fuck out of here with that shit I don't want to hear that Skip is a scumbag. So, yeah, ending on kind of a somber note. But that's just what's going on in sports right now. I will be back next week, promise, swear to God. Again, if anyone in this is interested in talking to me about basketball, please reach out. I'm, I'm, I send the first episode, I'm going insane. I think I'm actually going insane. I'm, I'm yelling at a lamp right now about... Skip Bales and Luka Doncic. It's pretty. It's pretty concerning. If you had like a security cam up on my wall, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's at uh, he's at the psych ward. Nah, I'm in my home. Crazy stuff. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Be back next week. Peace. Oh my God, Liam, you made this. Oh.